welcome to issue 57 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me tonight is Mike. Hey, Steve. Good to hear your voice. Yours too, Mike. And Mustafa? Hey, man. Hey, and Daniel. Hello, sir. How are you tonight? I am well. And you? Fantastic. Good to hear. But before we begin anything, Steve, if you'll indulge me, I have a question for uh, Mustafa. Moose? Yeah. Uh, what's on your mind today? Kang! <laughs> What? What? How does I that even that, make sense? Dude? I think that's what we're talking about tonight, or ah, who we're okay. talking about tonight, or who? Officially, his sh- shortest thing on his mind tonight. One word. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to slim down. I'm trying to slim down. Yeah. Uh, part two yeah. of Kang. We're gonna look at Immortus <laughs> and Iron Lad. So, without further ado, Mike, take it away. All right. So, if you have listened to our last episode, and of course you did. Of course you all did. listeners. I went through the origins of Kang back in the 60s, and I mentioned splitting the story into the pre-bananas and the post-bananas stage. Pre-bananas being, <laughs> you know, Kang traveling around with his becoming different personas, and now things get a little weird with the time travel. So let's begin with Immortus. Immortus first appears in Avengers 10 in 1964, and what I don't know, and I'm very curious about, is if at this point the writers knew he was Kang, or if they were just introducing him as one of the cool villains of the time. Immortus is a character, you know, he's got his big hat, and he is trying out for the Masters of Evil. He lures the Avengers into combat and pits them against a champion from history. So for Giant Man, he brings out Goliath. For Thor, he brings out Hercules. And for Iron Man, he brings out Merlin. All great characters from history, right? Um, it's a funky fight. I'm actually not going to talk more about this episode because it's a, a standard beat him up, look at the cool villain, but doesn't have a lot to say about Immortus and his character is reimagined. I do want to ask. I have to ask too. So okay. you, you asked first, Steve. Okay. The the pairings seem pretty good. Giant Man, Goliath, Thor, Hercules, Iron oh, yeah. Man versus Merlin? Yeah. Like, my, it's It's technology and magic. Okay. Right. You know that you know any technology that is significantly advanced, you know, eventually becomes indistinguishable from magic. Well, the question I have to ask is: Are these Masters of Evil tryouts a thing, <laughs> or is this the one and only tryout of all time for Masters of Evil? Oh, that's a good question. I do not know if this is the only one, and I don't know why they thought Immortus might not be Master of Evil yeah. material. I mean, he, what he do you got, dude? On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was clearly superior to all of them. They didn't like that. That's why. Wow. Okay. All right. But we're going to go on a little side story before I continue, because that's how we're going to make sense about the rest of the story. 1966 to Avengers number 24. Kang the Conqueror, having been defeated by the superpowers on Earth, turns his attention to the rest of the universe. Possessing mere absolute powers, he has reaped the spoils of galaxies. In one conquest... He falls for the princess of a kingdom. Her name is Ravona. 
When she spurns his love, he responds by showing her what a macho man he is by conquering the kingdom. As you do. As you do. He then demands his due from the king, his spoils of war, the hand of his daughter. Dude, this isn't bananas. This is just Greek. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) But Kang's generals are displeased. (laughs) Their code thus far has been to execute monarchs to prevent future rebellions. So they want to kill her too. Mm. At this point, Kang realizes that all his previous conquests have really just been a game of sorts to him. The victories and the prizes, they have all been meaningless until Ravona. It is a quote in all the universe. Hey, Ravona. It is only she that has filled my heart with love. This is something Kang said. Oh. Okay, so he turns against his generals and tries to save her life. Obviously, when Ravona sees this, she goes, oh my gosh, I do love you after all, because she sees the kindness in him. I'm sorry, ladies, this is the 60s. So they did some very... <laughs> awful things to female characters this isn't even the worst of it mm. i like to think things are better now and this wouldn't be printed in this time but you know it happened it's a romantic obviously right? yeah okay so she realizes that she loves him she sees a glimmer of kindness in him that's the long and short of it one of the generals gets a shot off at kang but ravona does a heroic leap thing in front of the blast oh, yeah. and dies in his stead wait yeah. i have a question mm-hmm why doesn't travel backwards in time and kill the general before he gets the shot off? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Are you trying to apply logic to this illogic? Bananas, I'm sure they're coming. Okay. <laughs> so Kang is distraught, right? And So distraught he doesn't think of Mustafa's obvious plan. Exactly. Yeah, well, the other well, question... He's a having... genius and he doesn't think of that. Which century is he in right now when this oh, is uh... happening? I don't even know when that story takes place. Because it's it's in some other universe, right? Uh, it's it's in this universe. It's in some other galaxy. It's not on Earth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. They don't have centuries there? They certainly don't have the Gregorian calendar. Ah, uh, of course. Not everybody <laughs> does. <laughs> so memories of his lost love continue to plague Kang. Mm. Why is this important? Because of the ties with Immortus. So there are some minor spoilers here. I think that's okay because this... We're now getting into a story written in 1986, so I hope we're past <laughs> the spoiler window here. Probably. 269. Okay. Some time later, Kang is time-traveling, and a time disturbance throws him off course. And he finds himself in Limbo. Limbo is oh. where Mortis lives, and he has his giant base of operations. He looks inside, and the place is in ruins. And Mortis himself is just laying there dead. And at this point, Kang has no idea that Immortus is another version of himself. And I'm not even sure the readers do at this point either. <laughs> the spoiler is, this is, all, this is all fakery. This is all smoke and mirrors. Immortus is planning this whole thing. He faked his own death. He's caused this disturbance to make Kang come here. Kang sees this place. He sees all this machinery and Immortus's tools. And Immortus is apparently being been altering time. See, the Immortus persona has moved away from conquest. He is tasked with preserving the time stream. That is his goal. So yes. he sits at his computer, he he alters things, he tries to stop any variations that will... Uh, he's time cop. He's time cop. Okay. Right? Right. He's doing good. He is a villain of sorts only in that he does what he does to preserve the time stream. He is not a villain in that he's always trying to kill the Avengers. Not like the Immortus that was originally revealed back in the 60s. Okay. 
So Kang does not like this guy because he has thrown a monkey wrench in his plans a few times because Kang likes to distort the time stream. So he's here, and Mortis is dead. Kang's a genius, right? He knows how to work these computers. So he starts, you know, checking things out. And oh my gosh, he sees the blast. He sees Ravona jumping in the way. He goes, okay, okay, I can do this now. And he uses the, the machine, the dials and stuff, and he tweaks history a little bit so that the blast uh-huh. misses Ravona. Hey, I, hey, so- I should write for Marvel. There you go. <laughs> Good work, Mustafa. Thank yeah. you. It took them only 20 years to get to this. That's it. <laughs> it took me two seconds. I am good. So he saves Ravona <laughs> and he's all pleased with himself, but then he's looking at the monitor and he sees a dead Kang. What? He's like, wait a second. I'm Kang. I can't. I'm still alive. I can't be looking at dead Kang. So, Marvel rules of time travel actions create alternate timelines. That's right? actually a rule of time travel, not a Marvel one. It depends what you're watching. If, say, you're watching, there's a series on Netflix called Dark that subscribes more to the there's one timeline. Back to the Future kind of thing. Yeah. Back to the Future is more like a, a one timeline and the paradoxes resolve themselves, like with Marty McFly disappearing when events don't go his way. You could be your own grandfather kind of thing. Yeah, whereas in yep. Dark, I'm not going to spoil things here. This is very, very This loose. is the German show, right? This is the German show. It's a fantastic yeah. series. Um, you can create paradoxes, and they just stick around because they exist. Like, there's one guy who writes a book. Eventually, that book of his from the future comes back to him in the past before he wrote it, so he doesn't write the book. But the book's still there. Terminator is the best time travel movie ever, so I think that's the only time travel rule that happens, that, that matters. Anyways, at the, the point is, this is <laughs> these are the rules that they created for the universe, and Kang has not realized this until now. Actions create alternate timelines. What does that mean? Kang has been traveling through time. And every time he's traveled through time, he has created a new Kang. So he call, he dubs these divergence. And if there's a lot of divergence running around, messing up the timeline, they are a threat to his own power, right? So Kang sees them as threats to himself. Immortus, on the other hand, sees Kang as a problem. So he sees multiple Kangs as a huge, huge problem. So this is all a giant plot to solve this ginormous problem. So with Kang now realizing that there's all this divergence around, Kang collects Ravona and begins to hunt down all the divergence. He goes to war. He traps them. He tricks them. He does everything he can. He is the best Kang. Yes, yes. How does he get to those divergence? I'm assuming the answer is by time travel. Oh, yes. But doesn't he make more time travel? Yes, that's what that's my question. Oh, he has made all sorts of calculations. He's trying to catch a bunch at once to minimize the divergence. It's he has all the calculations. He has okay. he has he knows how many of them there are. He's figured it all out. But for some reason, he has missed Immortus and all this. He has missed there's some branch that has eluded him, and he still does not know that that exists. Yes, yeah, so they're they're going around. There's backstabbery and scheming and at some point he teams up with the avengers and at some point immortus teams up with the avengers to fight another kang and ladies i apologize there is another comic where immortus and ramatut are allied with the avengers to stop kang and the scarlet witch and mantis get jailed in these weird little stasis jails and they spend literally the entire comic. What do you think these two ladies would do in this situation? This I don't want to say it. 
What do you think they would do? What do you think they, they would, uh, what would a hero try to do? Break out. Break out. Uh, no, they fight over a man. Oh. They literally verbal fighting over the vision. I have a different thing in mind, but again, you know, that's just me. <laughs> so um I have a question. Yeah. So why don't all the kings in our in this scenario fight against Kang? That would be because the storyline has evolved since the 60s and 70s and 80s. This is what, 86? 86. So 86, okay. they're trying to destroy them all. Things change. There's always room for more Kang So like the, the big daddy Kang of our scenario should be trying to kill all these other stage two Kangs, right? Well, at some point, he's not trying to anymore. Okay. And maybe a listener has a more up-to-date reason why that is. Lots going on. Bananas, Mike. Bananas. Yeah. Bananas. The thing about time travel is you can never really fix it the moment you introduce time travel, no matter what you say or do about <laughs> whatever. So Immortus has been very careful in all this. He has not been time traveling because he knows this rule. So he got the other Kang to get Ravona for him. And he has at some point contacted her and Ravona sees Immortus as all that is good in Kang. So that bit that she fell in love with, that's Immortus embodies that. So she allies with him and sticks around with this other Kang, spying, basically relaying his progress to Immortus. And at the end, you know, ultimately there's two Kangs fighting each other. One of them wins. Finally, you know, Kang the Conqueror has won. He's the only Kang. And that's when Immortus reveals himself and says, Haha, nope, you've done all my dirty work for me. The time stream is now basically repaired. Ravona's been working with me the whole time. And they're just about to defeat Kang when he escapes through time. Like he does. Like you he never does. stop and cloak. Come on. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. One on one. So <laughs> schemes within schemes within schemes. Immortus is the scheming persona. I, I mentioned last week how Scarlet Centurion had a scheme. Immortus just takes it to a whole new level. So All that's right, Immortus. So let's take a look at his card before we go any further. Sure. Let's do that. Immortus. Oh, that's so crazy. Yep. Go, Daniel. Do the crazy thing. All right. Because it's Mike, all mind? I mean, technically, you're no, supposed go to for it. Go for Immortus. Right. So, Kang Immortus. I don't know you're Immortus. You're, you're Kang, right? You're Immortus. That's, that's right. He's villain. To scheme, to attack, temporal with toughness, like all Kangs, this villain cannot take damage while a minion is in play. When defeated, remove the Chronopolis from the game. At the end of the phase, join another game area. And he has 18 hit points, uh, 22, and three scheme on expert. Um, wow. The minion thing, I like that. So yep. it kind of shows him as the puppet master that always has these other people do his... Or Ravona keeps jumping in front of him every time stream. <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> um, but Mike, what, or Steve, or somebody, what is this... Chronopolis. It's his main scheme, uh, 3A. It's the same as the rest. I'll just reread it now since it's been a week. When revealed, create your own game area and place a scheme in it. Add Kang Immortus to the game area and deal yourself an encounter card. 3B has a 9 threat threshold with a plus 1 per turn and a 0 starting threat. Mm -hmm. Not very schemey to start with. And it has the same force response as the rest of the threes. After this stage is completed, place one set-aside King's Dominion face down under stage 4A. At the end of the phase, remove King Immortus and this stage from the game and combine your game area with another game area. 
If all the players at the stage are defeated, the stage is completed. Mm -hmm. So this is the only version of Kang where whose base version starts at two speed. Interesting. But his main scheme, his Chronopolis, starts with zero scheme. I guess right. they figured if it yep. started with anything other than zero, it would scheme Too much. up pretty quickly. Is so is yep. this Chronopolis in the limbo that we that you were just talking about, Mike? Mm, man, you're asking me hard questions. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Strike that I, from the record, please. Probably, I don't know. It looks limboy in the art. Like, like I said last week, there is a lot of Kang, yeah. so you could you could write a, a thesis on this guy. It, it's in a dome of some sort. It looks isolated, so I'm sure that's a Chrono Dome. Chrono Dome, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the last Kang, shall we? At yeah. least in in this uh, in this uh, in this okay. incarnation. Iron Lad, this is a big departure on many levels. This is published way later. He first appears in Young Avengers in 2005. Very different storyline. A lot of stuff has happened. Kind of, a, he's on his own. So This is like high school musical version of Kang, right? Yes, it is. And okay. Oh boy, is it ever a good comic. Guys, go out there and read Young Avengers. Ladies, if you're into comics and you're turned off by the things I told you in the 70s and 80s, read this one. This is fantastic. There are some fantastic characters in here. I'm not going to spoil much, maybe stuff from the first two issues, but the rest of it is, oh, it's great. It's great. Highly recommend it. The premise is that Kang travels back in time to when he was a teenager. Because in his youth, he suffered from a knife attack from a school bully. Hmm. And this was this took a mental toll on him. So yep. he says, you know what? I'm going to save my, my younger self from this. So he saves him. He, he stops time. He says, hey, here's what's going on. I am your future self here. And he decks him out in some psychokinetic armor from the future that responds Woo! to thought. So, oh, yeah. Mm. And he shows him visions. Kinetic. Yeah. He shows him visions of his future conquests. And these are the worlds you're going to conquer. These are the prizes you're going to, to collect. And young Kang is completely appalled. See, apparently this knife incident is integral to his corruption and to the badass he eventually becomes. So he is still young and innocent, and he's in shock, and without a word, he thinks I gotta get out of here and get help, and his armor's psychokinetic, right? So he gets warped back, he wants to go back to the Avengers. So he warps back to the 21st century. And he hopes to gather the Avengers and stop Kang, who will inevitably come looking for him, and he's the master of time, so he's gonna find him really quickly. Of course, these so-called heroes can never be relied upon. He arrives after the events of Avengers Disassembled. And at this point in the comics, the Avengers are no more. The mansion is in ruins, and they've been disbanded. Well, if the mansion's in ruin, how am I going to ask Mustafa to draw a card from it? Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, the helicarrier's still there, right? You're giving me uh, ideas, uh, Daniel. I'm pretty sure it's Going. busted. Going uh, backwards in time uh, and not playing my Avengers Mansion. <laughs> so he does the next best thing and forms a new set of Avengers. Inside nice. the mansion, he finds the computer protocol that was part of the Vision. And Visions has this young Avengers program inside him that keeps track of all the other superpowers in the world in the unlikely scenario where the Avengers are disassembled. So he find hunts down a few and he forms the young avengers uh there are some amazing characters like i said before i'm not going to spoil 
all their details because that's a spoiler and you should go read it themselves. But it does include Cassie Lang, who is stature and a part of Ant-Man's set, and Kate Bishop, who we saw in Hawkeye's, used with the Hawkeye's leadership cards. Yep. In, in Rise of Red Skull. And we're going to we're gonna get a, the new Hawkeye series when it comes out. We'll have Kate Bishop in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, she's, she's fantastic and makes me want to play with her more. All right. So uh, they form the Young Avengers. And they, of course, Kang sends out his macrobots to find the Young Richards, which they do because they're time-traveling macrobots. I'm not entirely sure what the origins of these guys are, but they, they're kind of suits that are controlled by someone inside them. And I think the sorry, they're they're manned by someone inside them, but controlled by Kang. I it's think got, the it's like a minion Google. army. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Something sure. Like that. You know, how do you how do you trust your minions? You control them yourself. Yeah. Um, why does it? The, why why doesn't uh, Kang from the future send his macrobots to twenty seconds after Young Kang goes back? Because uh, these macrobots are the, are the sniffers. They were looking for him. Okay. He doesn't. I, he doesn't know where Young Kang landed. So he sent his macrobots. When? He when? Yeah. He sends his macrobots all throughout time, trying to sniff him out. Uh huh. At this point in the Young Kang's Young Nathaniel Richards timeline, they find him at right now. Okay. So they find him. They find him at his fixed point in time. But then after they find him and report back, could you not just send them back? Oh yeah. Back in time. Oh, at at this point. Kang knows when and where he is, so he appears basically now. Remember, he doesn't know exactly where Iron Lad landed. He knows where he is at this point in time. But if he comes back an hour earlier, he doesn't know where he is. I mean, presumably the same planet. But remember, he's got psychokinetic armor. He could be anywhere. Kinetic armor is cool. Yeah, and he's a genius, and he knows he's a genius. (laughs) Okay, keep going. All right, so (laughs) he's got his friends, and the timeline around him is starting to fall apart. And Kang reveals this when he shows up wanting to take the young lad back with him. See, with no Kang on Nathaniel's future path, Kang has no influence in Earth's past. And because of that, all this current time is changing. And he realizes that he needs to become Kang the Conqueror in order to preserve history. So, Marvel rules of time travel. Actions do not create alternate timelines. They alter the current one. Because? Because the writer said so at the time. (laughs) I mean, they are trying to create a continuity that spans decades, and I get that that's hard to do. Hey, I promise bananas. You know what's really impressive, Mike? The fact that you actually sorted all this out in this <laughs> in, in this short uh, uh, space and uh, are able to actually put together some semi-coherent explanation. Yeah. I, I, if I had a hat on, I'd take it off. <laughs> okay. At least within this run of Young Avengers at all is coherent. Just go with it, guys. It's a comic. I'm good with it. It's a wonderful one. Still real. <laughs> Steve. Hey, if I can swing my wrecking ball around enough times to create helium or whatever it is, yeah. I, I'm fine with this. I want to know what happens to Iron Lad, so keep on going. The funny thing is is that characters keep saying, keep asking like real questions about this, and then the answer is always, oh, wait a second. This is time stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, never mind. I don't care. It's all time stuff. It's confusing. Oh, okay. Okay. So Iron Lad returns to his own time, and that's the end of him in The Young Avengers. 
but he does make appearances later, most notably in Exiles, which Deborah Garcia mentioned as one of her favorites. I've not delved into that one yet because there's hundreds of, of issues in that one, but it's apparently been getting great reviews. So he does appear now and then. He, I don't think he is ever around as the villain. Maybe he's not. Maybe his views don't always align with them. But he's never out to you know rule the world. He's never out to kill the Avengers. So why, why is, is he, an, he enemy? an enemy? Exactly. Yeah. So a couple of explanations. One is that there's a storyline that I'm unaware of. And if there is, please let me know. <laughs> the other one. Remember, this suit responds to thought. And Kang built the suit. And they actually established that when Kang is in proximity to the suit, he can control it. Okay. That's a legit explanation. That's great. Uh, also, something really neat about the suit. It's psychokinetic. So if someone just wants to touch him, the suit might you know, subconsciously respond with spikes. So, okay. retaliate one. Well, let's talk about Kang Iron Lad. What do we got? Kang Iron Lad. Um, one of the uh, the last stage two Kang we're gonna discuss. One scheme to attack temporal, like all of them. Retaliate one and toughness. So he's the only one with retaliate. He's the only one with anything other than toughness. And when defeated, remove inexorable fate from the game. At the end of the phase, join another game area. And he has eighteen hit points. When he becomes expert, he goes to twenty-two hit points. But his schemes and attack both increase to two and three respectively so this is a tough one but man he nails the theme that retaliates amazing but that's it like that's the only thing on him that's different right so yeah but you know literally a frame from the comic is some guy goes to touch him and spikes just shoot out of his suit it's great and then moose what about his main scheme sure it's just like every other three A's, when revealed, create your own game area, add Kang Iron Land, and deal yourself an encounter card. And the three B is, again, just like all of them, a nine threshold force response. If it's completed, put a Kang's Dominion face down under stage four A. Like all of them, it goes up by one every turn. This one starts with one. Okay. Not much else to say, really. Yeah, um, the power is definitely in the retaliate in this guy. Yeah. Which, when you're all alone fighting him, that actually matters. That hurts. That, that hurts. Really hurts. That hurts. Which of the four do you guys think is the strongest of the Kangs? Hmm. So, just to remind the listeners, Raman Tut gets plus one attack for each obligation in play. Scarlet Centurion's attacks gain piercing. Otherwise, the numbers are fairly close. I don't tend to play a lot of characters that rely on toughness. So the Centurion doesn't scare me as much. I've had Ramatut hit me at a bad moment with a couple obligations. I've had a lot of trouble with Iron Lad in some solo games. I've only played this once, but just looking at them, I'd say it's a tie between Iron Lad and Immortus because Immortus, every minion is a guard. And he schemes too, unlike the other ones, base scheme of two. So he's the most likely to actually scheme out. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, was, I was playing a game with my Friday night guy game group, and I had a Mortis, and my friend kills off his Kang. He says, oh, I'm coming over there, and he dragged three minions with him. Like, what are you doing? Go somewhere else. No, I'm coming here. Oh, God. I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. I'm like, no, I got under control. Nope. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, you're right. I guess you better take care of these minions for me. Yeah. I think it was a ploy by Immortus, you know, 
yeah, manipulating your friend. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Okay, I think we have gone through all four Kang twos and Kang three. That's all the Kangs we have, folks. Um, next week we're gonna look at some of the Kang, all of the Kang cards. And but before we close out this week, uh, Daniel has something to say. Well, I want to talk about our contest still that we're going on uh, to win yourself a set of the open play cards. So we got Hulk, Strange, Captain America, Dropkick, Avengers Assemble, Desperate Defense. So the first is to vote on our final set of encounter cards for the Red Skull campaign that we're doing on Twitch. Um, we still don't really know when that's going to happen. So it, I, this is actually perfect for Kang. It could never happen. It might have already happened. It could have happened twice. Yeah. It could have happened in different time streams with different effects. Yeah. Or we could yeah. have gone back and stopped it from happening because we didn't <laughs> like what people picked for us. Yeah. So so this this vote, the the the, the doc to uh the Google poll, is it a Google poll, Steve? Is that what it yes. is? Yep, Google yeah. Sheet. Yep. Google Sheet, you know, went up a couple weeks ago, so you can find that there. Uh it's gonna stay up until we play. And again, don't know when that will be or was be. Um so vote, leave your name and email, and we will randomly draw a winner. All right. Steve, what's the other contest? Okay, so the other way to win is we want to see the villains win. So if the villain wins, you win, listener. So the way you make that happen, <laughs> the way you make that happen is take a photo or a screenshot of the villain beating up those heroes. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Put it on our Discord channel on the MCM Community Discord server. Hashtag it with Critical Encounters Pod and make sure you include a blurb on what happened. If you do that, you will be entered to win the giveaway. We're going to choose two of our favorite villain victories as we've decided to vote on in some secret uh, format. And then the rest of the sets we have, we will give away by randomly drawing names. Now we decided that if you have a game where Captain America and Iron Man both lose in the same game, we will give you double entries into the contest. Because they deserve it. They deserve it. Asking for it. Uh, that's right. So hashtag Critical Encounters Pod. Put up a picture. Uh, put up a little bit, and you can drop it on our Facebook. You can drop it on the main Marvels Facebook. I cleared it with the admins. They're good with it, so go for it. Or put it on Twitter. And if you don't use any of that stuff, you could just email it to us. Absolutely. Mike, why don't you tell the folks how they get a hold of us? All right. Well, I already did, but just to protect the time stream. <laughs> You can still reach out to us, and here is how. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and on Discord we are Fardane, Big Foam Loaf, The Truth, and Wandering Duke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mustafa, take us out. Put away your childish weapons. They're no more than toys to me. Yeah.